Welcome to the Nash Biz Podcast, a podcast specifically for business owners in Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're seeking the best strategies for scaling your business, networking opportunities, or just plain old entertainment, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show. What is up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am one of the hosts of the Nash Biz Podcast here with my co-host, John Trusty, and our trusted guest, Stephen. And Stephen, I'm going to let you <laughs> in- introduce yourself for your last name really quick. How do you pronounce your last name? It's uh, Galanopoulos. Galanopoulos. Stephen yes. Galanopoulos. So Stephen is the founder of Pathway Search, a Nashville-based search firm focusing on permanent placement and consulting-based hiring needs in the areas of accounting and finance. He started Pathway Search in 2020 after eight years of working for two large recruiting agencies with the goal of being a more agile company, able to adapt more quickly to the changing economic and employment markets. Stephen is joining us today to discuss the highs and lows of growing a startup business during the recent pandemic, as well as the ways in which Nashville is being impacted by the changes in the employment markets across the U.S. Stephen, what's up going on, man? Uh, not much. I appreciate you having me having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah. No, I appreciate you coming on, man. So Yeah. That's your bio. I introduced you to my audience, but let's say we're on an elevator, we're on 412, we're going down to floor one. How would you introduce yourself to me? Yeah. So um, I would say first and foremost, I am a a connector of people. You know, I have a deep interest in people, um, specifically, you know, their career paths, you know, hence the name, I guess, Pathway Search. But, um, you know, I I love being able to connect with folks in such a way that, you know, there's there's uh, an understanding not just of, of their career and what they want to do, but just them as an individual. Um, and then really being a consultant to them to say, hey, you know, where do you really see your career path? You know, where right. are you wanting to be in five to 10 years? And then let's talk about how, you know, and what you need to do in order to get there. Because I think that that's, that's something that people don't really think about. And oftentimes they don't know, you know, they don't know what kind of jobs that they should be looking at or what kind of you know, career moves that they should entertain. They're just, you know, oh, I'm looking for more money or whatever the case may be. So, right. you know, being more of an advisor, you know, to these folks, being a little bit more of a consultant to my clients as well, to make sure that they, you know, they understand the same things, you know, the reason that they're hiring needs to be equivalent to the reason why the person they're hiring is taking a job. Right. So and, and connecting and, those two things. Well, and viewing this from a consulting approach, what's interesting is okay. the fact that a role that you have today is going to impact a role you could potentially get later. It's yes. all experience-based, yeah. of course. But you know what's interesting is the fact that you view this from a consulting approach and saying, hey, here's a position. Maybe it doesn't pay as much as the other positions that are sending you offers, but mm-hmm. it's going to lead you five to 10 years. You're going to be happy you took that position. So it's kind of like yeah. you don't have the instant gratification, but in dealing with young folks, let's say 25 to 30, they want instant gratification. So how do you navigate around that? How how do you talk somebody into potentially taking a role that is not going to pay off until down the road? Yeah. So I think it really starts with just understanding what is that end goal, you know, and and a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Well, all right, well, let's talk about what you don't want to be doing or what you, you know, a lot of people have preconceived notions about different areas, you know, specifically with accounting and finance where they're like, well, I don't want to do tax or I don't want to do uh, you know, month end close, just general accounting. It's like, well, have you ever done it before? No. Okay. Well, let's start there. You've never done this. So, you know, it's, it's always, again, it's always a preconceived notion about things that they don't want to do. But at the end of the day, 
you know, maybe they do say, well, I want to be a CFO one day. Okay, great. So how do you think you get there? I don't know. Okay. All right. So again, now, you know, let me give you, I guess, some fatherly advice about, yeah. you know, how you go from point A to point Z and, uh, and what steps you need to take. Um, and, and a lot of people just don't understand that. I'm, I guess, not surprised anymore, but, you know, people don't think about it that deeply because like you said, they're looking at it in terms of what's in this, you know, for me uh, tomorrow, you know, what is my paycheck right. going to look like and, and so on and so forth. And I always tell people, look, if you chase the right job, the money will chase you. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody says, you know, oh, I want to make a hundred grand. Okay, great. The people that just sit back and think, oh, I need to make a certain number. Maybe they get to that number, but then they're going to wonder why they're not going above it. And by and large, it's because they didn't put themselves in the right positions early in their career to, you know, outpace their peers and be in a situation, you know, five, 10 years down the road where, you know, they are going to be able to compete for those things. Um, So I think just kind of making it real for them as much as possible. I mean, at the end of the day, you can lead a horse to water, but, um, you know, and then also just sharing examples, I think, I mean, having, you know, done this for, you know, going on 10 years, I guess, um, you know, giving them examples, like tangible examples of, of people that I've helped and, you know, the transitions that they've made and why and, you know, what that has resulted in, um, you know, sometimes even offering them to, you know, chat with, you know, one of my clients or one of my candidates that's yep. gone through that transition, um, you know, to make it real for them. So it's not just Steven, the recruiter, um, you know, <laughs> trying to say things that they <laughs> think are going to appeal to these people. So you're, you're kind of, you're like, like your name says, you're leading them down that path. They don't have a clue right. what they're doing. That's, that's what really separates you from the other recruiting agencies out there. Um, you know, I like to think so. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely going to be more focused on, you know, quality uh, over quantity. I think that a lot of times just the recruiting industry in general is, is commoditized. Like people think, yep. you know, well, I'll call this agency and they're going to send me 10 resumes and hopefully one of them works out. Like, you know, I don't want my clients to feel that way. Um, you know, quite honestly, I'm just like, look, uh, if I can't fill this job for you in three resumes or less, why are you even paying me? Right. You already have internal recruiting. That's going to send you 10 or 15 resumes. You're already paying them. You know, why pay me a premium uh, to do the same thing for you? That's just not, that's just not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have time to do that either. I don't, right. I don't, <laughs> you know, uh, it just, it doesn't, you know, I, yeah, I'm just trying to do things differently than, yep. than these other people do and be a little bit more specific about, you know, the types of searches that I'm taking on as well. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to be, you know, the guy, and, and this is not going to be the firm that says, Hey, well, you know, we can fill any job for you, you know, from staff to, you know, CFO level. It's like, really, really, are you? No, probably not. Well, I, I think with that, you, you start, I think at that point you're over promising under delivering. Cause you can say, I can staff absolutely anything for you. Right. And maybe you can, Right. There's always going to be people looking for all these jobs, but you're very mediocre at it. So right. contrary to what you do, you're more domestic staffing. You know that we do overseas staffing. Right. We don't place every position because we don't know about every position. And I'm not going to promise something to you that I don't feel like I can deliver on. And I think that's what a lot of yeah. not just recruiting and staffing companies, but companies overall do is, is, hey, let me just do everything for you, even if it's not in my wheelhouse. And if I screw it up, I screw it up. 
But I think that's such a wrong way of yeah. thinking about it. And just like you said, the staffing and recruiting entry is so commoditized. You can get our services from other people, probably for cheaper, probably for more expensive. Yeah. But I'm biased. I think we do it the best because we're, we're very consultative, we're very hands-on. We only do a few positions, but we do them very well. And I imagine you're the same of, like you're working with Steven. You're not working with Pathway Search. You're working with Steven. And I yeah. think there's value in knowing that because companies grow so large that there's no face anymore. It's just a company and you lose that personal hands-on white glove approach that that I think some of these other companies that are rendering or are wanting our services, they, they want that, they they want that hands-on approach. Right. Well, and I think the other thing is that, you know, honestly, it's easy to sit back and post ads and, and, you know, funnel tons of resumes, you know, for, for somebody to say, well, I've got 20 resumes of 20 staff accounts. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do that. Um, it's a lot harder to, to go out and find the right people, right? I mean, people, people pay me, in my opinion, um, to take those 10, 15, 20 resumes that they're going to get from other agencies and filter it down to like, hey, who's the top one, the top, you know, two, maybe, um, you know, and just go from there. It's like, look, I could show you all these other people. Um, I know them. Everybody knows them. I mean, we're all working in the same pool, but you know, I don't want to waste your time with, with, you know, candidates, uh, three through 30, um, and aren't going to be a good fit. We already yeah, know that. No, no. And being able to yeah. tell them why they're a good fit. I think the, the, you know, in going through the interview process, that that's another thing that I, I, I take a lot of pride in. And I think, um, you know, is a separator, you know, I, I'm going pretty deep with these candidates, you know, in these interviews, um, you know, actually it, when I worked in the agency side, people used to uh, make fun of me sometimes. They're like, oh my God, why are you in there talking to that candidate for like two hours? I'm like, why not? <laughs> I mean, I, I could have talked to him for, you know, three hours. Like I'm in a better position to help that individual. And when I'm presenting them to one of my clients, who's, you know, potentially going to pay money to this individual and to me, um, it's going to be a better introduction. Yep. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just think there's a, a tremendous value in that, that, you know, that's the hard part. And I think that's the part sometimes people, um, you know, when you're focused more so on, on quantity, uh, that's the part that gets kind of lost in translation, but right. it's the part that is ultimately more impactful to delivering the right product consistently. So right. Brady talks about the importance of culture inside of a business a lot. And I, I really agree on that. Those, those longer deep dive interview vetting calls, if you will, mm-hmm. that allows you to really figure out the culture that that person would fit in yes, better yes. than if you just did this 15 minute interview and, and you might not have, they might not have had the time to open up to you enough for you to realize that they could be a fit to your client. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and also you're, you're uncovering other things, you know, about the individual that, uh, you know, maybe it's something personal or something they don't even have on their resume um, that, you know, is incredibly applicable for this position. And, you know, had I not known that maybe that candidate doesn't even get an interview. Yeah. Um, right. you know, but, but <laughs> since I do understand these things about this individual, it's like, Hey, I'm trying to make as many connections here as I can, um, to help myself understand why this person is great for, you know, this company, because every candidate in an interview, right. They were, you know, everybody's interviewing for a job. Everybody's great for each you know, position, um, you know, I feel it's my job to really figure out who actually is. And, uh, you know, and that's who, 
uh, you know, I'm recommending to, to my clients. But I, I think unless you take a deep dive with these candidates, you're really not in a position to do that. You just happen to be somebody with a lot of resumes. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So, so let's unpack this for a second. So you've worked in the staff and recruiting space for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. You started your own company eight months ago, right? Or a year uh, ago? No, no, it's been about a year and eight months. I guess. A year and eight months. Okay. Yeah. Um, high to pandemic, obviously an interesting time to start a company. Yeah. But if you're virtual, it doesn't have a huge impact, but a few questions. Yes. Why did you leave to start your own company? Obviously, you felt like you could do something better or you felt like something wasn't being done. And why during the pandemic of all timing? Well, so uh, first of all, it was, <laughs> excuse me, a little bit before the, the pandemic really, you know, struck. in hindsight, big, yeah. I was kind of like, oh man, that was, you know, even my wife was like, hmm, yeah, was that a good decision? <laughs> See, you know, but um you know, all in all, I think that uh, it, it was inevitable for me that I was going to, you know, start my own uh, my own company. Um, and and realistically, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything, it feels like it was just kind of a common theme. Um, you know, I feel like I operate best when my back is against the wall. Anyway, like I always try to have some sort of pressure that I'm putting on myself. Um, but uh, you know, case in point, when I first started in the industry you know, in 2012, I guess it was, um, you know, I was in a nine to five position and I come home one day and my wife says, Hey, we're having a baby. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I should go find a job that uh, commission based job where I can really, um, you know, see how good I am and take care of my family. Right. So that's how I got into it. Um, and then fast forward, uh, 2015, um, I was approached by another firm to open up, you know, a startup office uh, for them here in Nashville. And uh, I looked at the opportunity and said, okay, well, if at some point I'm going to open up my own firm, I should probably uh, see if I'm actually good at this or, um, you know, if I'm just a, a product of being in a larger firm with a lot of opportunities. Well, so, um, you know, when that happened, my wife was eight months pregnant with our uh, second child. And I was like, you know, I came home and said, hey, honey, uh, so I'm taking a pay cut. And uh, I'm opening up a startup office. Um, I have a non-compete, so I can't talk to anybody that I know that I've built relationships with over the past four years. And uh, we're going to be fine. And she's like, oh, God. Okay, whatever. This is who I married, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, when, when, you know, looking at the pandemic, it was kind of like, you know, blessing and a curse. I mean, for me, um, you know, it definitely obviously was a challenge. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of hiring, you know, going on. Um, but it, it could have been very easy for me to say like, Hey, well, I'm just going to be that firm that does everything. Like I just need some business. Right. And let me just go out and get it wherever I can. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of times where I was like, Hmm, well, maybe, uh, we, we do that. But, uh, but ultimately, ultimately I was like, no, I mean, I think this is, you know, a good time for me to really just hone in on the things that I want to do long-term. Um, you know, I'm establishing the brand. And if I stray away from that now, I'm not doing right by uh, myself and the reason that I wanted to do this anyway. Um, but yeah, but no, it was tough. It, it was definitely tough. Um, you know, obviously working under another non-compete, uh, you know, having clients call me and having to tell them, hey, trust me, I would love to fill that job for you, but, uh, but I can't. 
you know, it just, it forces you out of your comfort zone a little mm. bit, but I think that's good. I think that that's kind of a, a differentiator between folks that, you know, entrepreneurs that, that can actually succeed in my opinion is they're comfortable being outside of their comfort zone and having their backs against the wall. I mean, I feel like I kind of strive for that to yep. be honest. Like if I'm not, you gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable um, or else you're, you're never going to move the ball forward in anything feel a lot more productive when I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, tell so, me this, Steven, really quick. Sorry to jump in here. Was there ever a point where you wanted to quit? Cause I'm, I'm a big believer in if you run your own business and you told me you never wanted to quit your line, cause it's all on you in the beginning. And of course you build out a team and you know, whether it's domestic, virtual, et cetera, mm-hmm but it's hard. It's tough. There, there's a, there's a lot, there's long hours, there's weekends, there's no's, there's yeses. Right. It, like, what, have you ever wanted to quit? Um, you know, there were times, I think, especially early on with the pandemic where I was like, Hmm, you know, could I go take another, you know, corporate recruiting job or something like this? Yeah. But in my mind, I was like, all right, well, that's the easy way. And right. I'm not a, an easy way kind of, uh, kind of a guy. That's just not, I'm not wired like that. Um, and I would never, it's important for me, you know, cause I, I think more than anything, I'm a father first. And it's very important for me that my kids see that, Hey, my dad works really hard. Like they see yep. that and, uh, and he sticks to what he believes in and all these things. So I think in the back of my mind, just knowing that, um, you know, and, and, and having other people that I know that were kind of at the same time starting their own firms and ultimately they're not, you know, operating those firms anymore, you know, with the result of the pandemic, I was like, no, that's not going to be me. Yeah. You know, that's just, it's just not like there's, you know, maybe it just means you have to work harder or whatever the case is. But, uh, you know, so no, I think in the back of my mind, there were some times where I was like, hmm, you know, maybe that could be, you know, more beneficial right now. But uh, ultimately, no, I would never let myself you know, <laughs> uh, quit on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. part of, for me, if I've ever got the, oh, this sucks, it's hard in the back of my head, just think about where you were before that and why mm-hmm. you're there now. Kind of helps you push through it a little bit. I think, uh, too, with that, yeah. it's like we talked about this yesterday, where if you operate of growing a business of telling yourself, this is going to suck at times it makes the times that do suck not as bad. Cause you're like, I knew this was coming. I knew it was going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I would have told myself that a little bit more, I think early on. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Same. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I honestly, mentally, I just, you know, uh, I, I just think about, you know, quite honestly, like, you know, other larger firms out there probably looking and saying, you know, and maybe they're, they're probably not, but, uh, you know, saying, Hey, this is not going to work for this guy. Like, there's no way he's going to make it. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, that's what everybody's saying. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe it's stubbornness, you know, uh, but, but I love that. I love when people tell me I can't do something. Like, mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I love it. Yeah. It's empowering. It, it, it gets you, it gets a fire under your butt. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You have to, you have to hate your, uh, you have to love your haters. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about all the hardships along Mm -hmm. your journey, what, what has been one of other than maybe COVID 
yeah. one of the hardest things that you've, you've faced and been able to get through to get to the levels of success that you're at now? Um, you know, I would say last year, um, you know, the non-compete situation um, that, uh, you know, there was a point at which, uh, you know, there was a, uh, a potential like, hey, not by my own choice, am I going to have to you know, kind of shut this thing down. Um, and then, you know, just staring it up in the face and saying, okay, well, here's, um, you know, here are my choices. And basically it's, you know, I either fight this thing and, uh, and I win, uh, or I take the easy way out. Um, and so once again, I told my wife, I said, Hey, here's a situation. Um, here's what's going to happen. Um, so I know it's not <laughs> what, what you're expecting, but, um, you know, just trust me, you know, it's going to be fine. And by that point, she's already just like, my God, like, <laughs> I'm not shocked that you're. So, how many, how many times have you about. said, trust me, it's going to be fine. Cause I know oh, I've God. got a couple handfuls of that. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And she was just like, all right, fine. Just, yep. just whatever. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, there, there was a point where it was a huge decision for me, um, you know, financially as it pertains to the business and, um, you know, and again, I think it was just, uh, uh, pride and, and, uh, I just said, you know, bring it on, we'll, get it we'll done. What happens. And yeah. And fast forward here, you know, a year later and, uh, pathway search is still alive and, uh, thriving. So you know, we see how that turned out. What are your, what are your goals with pathway search? Do you want it to grow into a big, I mean, like Nashville is a big city, yeah. right? You have a lot of big companies in Nashville that do this exact same thing. I think what the issues with big companies, like I said, you you lose that hands-on approach. It's more like, oh, you're a big corporation. Yeah, the corporation's trusted, mm-hmm. but it's less hand-holding along the way, which some companies want, especially smaller companies. They want their, their hand to be held. Do, do you want to grow that big or do you like being a small, close-knit, you're going to work directly with them, et cetera? Yeah, I think that uh, for me, I don't ever want to... Um, I'm not, I guess, a, a corporate guy. Like I don't, yeah, me <laughs> which is probably why I do this, you know, uh, do things better on my own, I guess. But, um, you know, I never want it to have that feel, I guess. I think that at the point that it ever gets to that, um, you know, it's probably time for me to exit. Um, right. But I don't see that for, you know, a long time, hopefully. But, you know, so in, in the immediate, uh, you know, I, you know, 20, 2021 has been for me just kind of sitting back, being a little bit objective about, okay, let's evaluate what's going on in the market right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's thriving, right? Businesses everywhere, you know, but I really want to sit back and focus in on, you know, the areas that I feel like are the most opportunistic to make an impact in the business. Um, and again, not just trying to do everything just for the sake of growing revenue of the company. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you do the right things the right way consistently, things always work out, uh, yep. you know, for the better. And um, so now having gone through, you know, the, the first, I guess, uh, you know, eight months of the year, um, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good game plan on 2021 and how we, we scale this thing, um, you know, in certain areas of the market uh, that are, I think the best to focus in on. Um, and then, you know, for me, it's just going to be a matter of, 
you know, hiring people that are smarter than I am in general, and, and definitely smarter than I am within the areas uh, that we're looking to, uh, to focus our attention in terms of the types of searches and types of, you know, roles that, uh, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be focusing on, you know, just to get me to the point where, um, you know, I can start working on the business, uh, you know, more so than I'm working in the business, um, to really, to really drive that. But, uh, but no, I, there, there's definitely a few areas that, uh, that we're definitely going to be opening up, um, you know, at least one more division, uh, specialized division. Um, you know, I've already got somebody in play who's going to, uh, head that up for me. Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, as far as size, again, I mean, to the point that we can still maintain the culture, um, and make sure that I'm hiring people that, that buy into that, um, you know, the sky is the limit. Uh, but you know, as soon as it starts to feel, or if I get any feedback from any of my employees that it feels a little bit too corporate, then, you know, we're going to switch directions. Um, you know, cause I'm not going to sacrifice that. Yep. I, I've heard when you're a startup, you have to be thinking just like that, that culture is the most important thing in a business. Like yes, revenue and, and goals and strategy and operations. But if you don't maintain a culture around that, the business, the people in it that make up the business don't operate as efficiently. So thinking about the culture from the beginning, I think is a smart way to do it. But Stephen, as we close, we talked about a lot. We talked about the journey. We talked about operating the staff and recruiting world, the goods, the bads. Now, let's say someone is new and let's not say they're starting just a staff and recruiting company. They're just starting a new company in general, right? Okay. There's a lot of excitement, of course, of starting a new company. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. You don't know what you don't know. What would be that piece of advice if I came to you and said, hey, I'm starting my own company in XYZ industry? Yeah. What's my first step? What, what am I doing next? Um, I would say, uh, you know, obviously that person has strengths in a certain area, right? Um, which has prompted them to want to start a business around that. Um, I would say, first and foremost, take a deep dive into the things that you're not good at um, and, and either get stronger at those or surround yourself with people that are. Um, because if you get into a situation where you're trying to be great at everything, then uh, there, there's no way you're going to be able, um, I mean, you may be able to succeed, but not, uh, um, not for long, no. No. So I think really being self-aware on, you know, the areas that, that you're not good at mm -hmm. um, and the things that you're not good at and being able to put yourself in a position to either hire somebody to do those things for you uh, and, or you better wrap up really quick and, and <laughs> make those weaknesses a strength yeah. um, because they're going to show and they're going to show very early on, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I would think, not be pessimistic, but uh, I would really focus in on the things that you're not good at uh, just as much, if not more than the things that you are good at. And I, I think, I think, you know, a follow up to that, Tim Ferriss says, if you try to be everything to everyone, you won't be anything to anyone. So I think saying, what am I not good at? What can I potentially not deliver on? Does it make sense for me to get good at those things or should I just avoid that altogether? And I think a lot of people, self-awareness is huge, especially it doesn't matter industry, just business, being a business owner in general of, if you're not good at something that pertains to the offer that you have, yes, you need to get better at it. That's part of it. But if you start thinking, oh, I'm not good at this, that has nothing to do with your offer, either put it on the back burner or just don't think about it <laughs> because it's not going to serve you. And, but <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they see the opportunity, right? Of 
let me be everything to everyone. Let me serve so many different industries and people with services and products. And you fail and you wonder why it's because you didn't have that singular focus. You're focused, you're putting a little bit of focus in a lot of different buckets and that caused you to act and execute at a mediocre level, which, which you never win by, by doing that at a mediocre level. So you never get the compounding interest from that either. No, no, absolutely not. So, but Steven, I appreciate you coming on, man. I I think we talked about a lot of good things. I think this episode is going to be evergreen where the things we talked about, you know, 15 years from now are still going to be relevant because building the business, it's hard. And there's a lot of things that are going to happen along that path, but it's, it's having the tenacity and the persistence to keep going. Um, Steven, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, you know, whether they're listening to this and say, yeah, Steven, I need a job or Steven, I want to learn more about what it takes to grow a business. How, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, I, phone call is the best way, in my opinion. Um, let's just, let's just talk about it. So uh, cell phone, 615-972-8997. You can text, you can call me, email Steven at pathwaysearch.com. Um, you know, social media, uh, one of the things I'm not good at going back to that, that topic. So, um, you know, still working on that. I'm more of a pick up the phone and chat kind of a guy. So, um, yeah, yeah. of of all the people I've interviewed, I've interviewed, let's say a hundred people. No one has ever given their number. (laughs) <laughs> it's on my LinkedIn. I mean, if, you know, Hey, you'd be surprised. It, people, it's different. It's people expected to be on your LinkedIn. You give it in a podcast episode. You're going to get some weirdos reaching out to you. No, I'm I just kidding. I I'm hear that. Kidding. People tell me all the time. They're like, why do you have your cell phone on your, I'm like, uh, because that, that's how you talk to people. Like what makes you different though. You yeah. Put, it makes I you different, man. Yeah, makes yeah, you different. Available. Yeah. Why not? No. So, so if you're listening out there, your business owner, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, employee, whatever the case might be, reach out to Steve and talk to him. He's a, he's a very knowledgeable guy, not just on the staffing recruiting space, but, but growing a business in times of struggle and times of obstacles. And I think you could really benefit from a conversation with him. Steven, appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the show. You've been a great guest and uh, wish you all the best. All right, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a, been a blast. Thank you. Thanks, Steven. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nash Biz Podcast. We post new episodes every single week, and we'd greatly appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.